Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. How many of you say, Daniel, I believe in prayer, say amen. Amen. Um, How many of you say, Daniel, I pray just as much as I need to? How many of you would say, I could could pray a little bit more probably, Daniel? Yeah. It's It's interesting that something we know is so crucial and vital, something that we believe in, and yet there's always this little area of our life where we say, well, I could actually pray just a little bit more. I could probably pray a little bit more consistently. I could probably have a little bit more faith in our prayer, in my prayer. And when it comes to praying, a lot of us feel like we're probably not good at all. Maybe you had a Christmas meal uh, with family on Thursday, or no, Friday. Maybe you had it Thursday. Um, and, you, uh, and there was that moment where you say, let's have our Christmas prayer for this meal. And everybody is just waiting to see who gets called on. You ever pray a prayer and you think, I don't know if that actually went through the ceiling, let alone made it to God. I want to show you a verse in Hebrews chapter 4 to to kind of center our hearts as we get started. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says this, Let us therefore come, what's that next word? Boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I think one of the reasons why we always feel like our prayer life could use a little lift, a little bit of improvement, is sometimes I think our prayers are just a little bit safe. There's not a lot of thought behind it. They're perhaps uninspiring. We sit at a meal and we say, God bless this food. Um, Help it to be nourishing to our body. This double cheeseburger I'm about to inhale. This greasy pizza, pizza I'm about to eat, right? So that's, that's one of the times we pray often, or perhaps they're, they're just a little safer, they're a little uninspired. Guide me today, be with me today. Uh, as we get started, following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Following Jesus was never meant to be safe. So in Acts chapter 4, we're going to read a narrative of what happened with Peter and John. They're preaching with great faith on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. If you go back to Acts chapter 3, there is a story of how they healed a crippled beggar. They were on their way to temple one afternoon for a prayer service. This gentleman who was lame from birth, he could not walk, was being carried Each day, and each day he was put beside the temple, and he would beg as people would enter the temple. And he begs from Peter and John, and they respond this way, I don't have any silver and gold, but whatever I have, I will give in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazareth, get up and walk. How many of you know the Sunday school song for that verse, right? We learned it as a Sunday school song. It said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee. Am I the only one that knows this song? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking and talking and praising God. Uh, this is what, how they responded. 
The beggar is saying, I've been, uh, I've been lame since the birth of my life. He gets put by the temple. As people would walk in, uh, he would just ask them for money. And he said, Peter said, I'm broke. I don't have any money to give you. But what I have, I will give you. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Here's the thing. After that miracle, there was an incredible uproar. There were a group of people known as the Sadducees who were incredibly upset. This is a Jewish priestly sect that flourished for a couple of hundred years before the destruction of the Second Temple in AD 70. Um, this is what ends up happening because of, of this miracle. Acts chapter 4, we're in verse 5 now. Acts chapter 4 and verse 5 says this, The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They, bought it, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, How dare you? By what power or in whose name have you done this? You see, the Sadducees thought that Peter and John were leading a cultish movement that was getting a lot of leverage and a popularity. So they were arrested and they were put on trial before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin were assemblies appointed to sit as a tribunal in every city. In essence, people would take their appeals from cases decided by the lesser courts. By what power or in whose name have you done this? Look at Peter's response in verse 8. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we really being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? I want you to look at verse 10. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man, he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Look at what Peter says, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. How many of you say that's a bold moment? He says, the man you crucified, the ones you killed, the one you executed, whom God raised from the dead. Now this was significant because the Sadducees did not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when Peter pointed this out very clearly and he said uh, he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, when that was spoken, it could be considered an act of insurrection, an act, a declaration of war. Now look what happens next in verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John For they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were ordinary men with no special training. This was just regular people being bold. I did some reading on this passage of Scripture, and the word ordinary in this chapter comes from a New Testament Greek word that could be pronounced idiotas. In other words, they were unschooled, ordinary, no special value idiots. There was nothing special about them except their bold faith. And I love what it said at the end of this verse. These members of the council, they recognized.
recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Because they were with Jesus, because of the boldness of their faith, this is how they were recognized. There was an obvious miracle performed. A man who had been lame for 40 years is now healed. The movement of followers of Jesus Christ now have power and momentum. And in this chapter, we see that they are being threatened to stop preaching about Jesus. They told him, you need to stop. You'll be persecuted. Uh, We will harm you physically. Uh, If that doesn't work, we'll persecute you some more. If that doesn't work, we will execute you. So they prayed. And for good reason, it was not a safe prayer. It was not a prayer of safety. It was not a prayer for, for God to protect them. It was not a prayer for them to be safe during this moment. This is what they prayed under the threat of death. Look at verse 29. Now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servant, great boldness in preaching your word. Make me bold, they prayed. Give me unshakable convictions, no matter the cost, under the threat of death. It may be painful, it will cost us something, but Lord, by the grace of God, would you give me boldness, make me bold. On a scale of 1 to 10, how amazed are people with your boldness in Christ? Do people know where you stand with your relationship with God? Some of you on this scale of 1 to 10, maybe you're a a 7 or an 8 or a 9, and you think uh, you're at work and people just automatically know you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And when there's a special event, whether it's Christmas or Easter in just a few months, uh, they will be sure to get an invitation from you to join them for a service at church. Uh, There's a dirty joke being told. You don't participate and you don't laugh. Um, you're honest, you're upright, you have integrity, people know where you stand. Some of you, maybe you're a tour of a four. <clears throat> you might work with someone for a few years and they're surprised you're a follower of Jesus. Now, to be fair, being bold is not about our personality. In fact, we're okay being bold, it just depends the subject of our boldness. (laughs) The question changes depending on the end of the question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how amazed are people about your boldness regarding politics? How amazed are people about your boldness regarding your sports team? Regarding global warning? Regarding a rivalry football game? Let me ask you this. If someone were to list characteristics they knew about you how far down the list would they have to go before they got to being a follower of Jesus Christ see what God did with their boldness look at verse 30 immediately after this prayer verse 30 says this stretch out your hand with healing power May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. So they're in this moment where they're arrested. They're, uh, being, they're, they're under the threat of persecution, under the threat of death. And in that moment, they don't pray a prayer of safety. They say, Lord, make us bold. Give us great boldness. Stretch out your hand. Do mighty things, but make us bold. And in the moment that they prayed, the place shook. 
They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word with boldness. And from a biblical point of view, I would say boldness is not a personality trait. I would say from a biblical point of view, boldness is a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. If you pray this prayer, make me bold, you will see opportunities for you to flex your boldness. There's going to be a moment where you get to speak about God, where you get to speak against gossip, a dirty joke. You'll have opportunities where someone unknowingly or unwittingly just shares about the brokenness in their life and you get to pray with them. What would happen if you took a few moments every day to say this prayer, make me bold? I'll be honest with you, um, some of us are going to choose not to make this prayer because we're perfectly content asking him to bless the food and to give us good health and to guide our day because those are safe prayers. But when we get to this point in our life where we say, gosh, I really want God to use me in my life. I want, I want my life to point other people to Christ. I want my family to recognize that I'm a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. I want them to see what God can do in their life. I need my work. I want my, boy, the emptiness that surrounds my employees or, or the coworkers I work with. I want them to experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. Um, when I'm in the community and I see the brokenness all around, me this type of prayer will make an impact make me bold what would happen if we took a few moments daily to make this prayer make me bold here's the thing if you make this prayer you'll see these attributes there are three attributes i want to point out from this story number one being bold means you will face spiritual opposition isn't that good news being bold means you will face spiritual opposition oppositions so the apostles were performing miracles signs and wonders more and more people were believing and were brought to the lord crowds of both men and women sick people were being brought into the streets on beds and mats they were hoping that peter's shadow might touch them because it might be too much uh, time for peter to actually physically touch them or to speak to them but if they could just get close enough to peter and the shadow might touch them they had enough faith that they would be healed. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and their possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. And so the high priest, the officials, they were filled with jealousy, and this is their response in verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Here it is, and it's the second time in a week they've been arrested. I just wanted to pause and say serving Jesus is not a recipe for making everything go well in your life. Oftentimes when you serve Jesus, there will be spiritual opposition. Make me bold. This prayer will not result in an easy life, but it will result in opportunities for you to preach and to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're not ready to face the opposition, you may not be ready to be used by God. And if you desire your life and your faith to occupy two different worlds, one where it's really comfortable for you to live there, one that lives on Sunday mornings and the other you put on a shelf during the rest of the week or depending who you're having a meal with or depending the people you're around, 
Your life will likely not face spiritual opposition, but your life likely will not make an impact. And so if you're not comfortable facing opposition and following Jesus Christ, perhaps you're not comfortable following Jesus. If you make this prayer, make me bold, you will see spiritual opposition. But secondly, you will also release God's miracles. Um, Verse 18 said, They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Look at verse 19. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Now when Luke, Dr. Luke is writing Acts, he just kind of inserts these details so matter-of-factly. There's no exclamation point, there's no repetition for emphasis. Verse 18, they were arrested, they were put in jail. Verse 19, an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. No big deal, this is what happened. There's no description of what the angel looked like. There's no description of a bright light and the stone or the, or the bars or whatever's keeping them inside exploding. There's no uh, Iron Man scene of him coming down uh, into the kneeled position as he arrives from the sky. The angel Lord showed up, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. They're praying, they're preaching, they're arrested, and an angel shows up. Church, if we would pray this prayer, make us bold, we're going to see opportunities show up in our life to share the good news of the gospel. And if we take those opportunities, we are going to begin to see the power of God show up in our life. You ever have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden a verse pops into your head that would be appropriate for that conversation? You ever been thinking about someone And immediately they text or they call. That's not a coincidence. This is the work of God moving in your life. Make me bold. If you make this prayer, I'm going to warn you, there will be some spiritual opposition. There will be moments and opportunities that make themselves available to you that will cause you to be uncomfortable, that will cause you to have to step out of your comfort zone. You might have to pray in public with a person as God leads you to them. You may have to, uh, you may have to, uh, to say something around people where they may not know you're a follower of Christ, but that boldness will trigger spiritual opposition, but oftentimes that boldness will often release God's miracles. Make me bold. I don't know what 2021 has in store. To be honest, I'm a little scared. (laughs) I'm a little nervous, right? I saw a meme the other day on social media that said, what if 2021 wasn't just a bad year, it was the start of a bad decade? And I thought, oh my goodness. What if 2021 is is more of the same. Well, I'm going to tell you, if, if it's more of the same, it's more of an opportunity for us to be bold and enter into these spaces where people have invited us in so we can showcase what it looks like to follow God. Make me bold. I remember I, uh, I was working in a, a Domino's Pizza for much of my time in college, uh, right there on Lancaster Boulevard in Avenue H, or I, I forget. And uh, I worked at that Domino's. Mark was my manager. 
and he understood my school commitments, he understood some of my weekend commitments, so I worked there uh, usually after uh, classes and then on Saturdays, um, and so I worked at the Domino's, and uh, I learned how to, how to throw a pizza. It took several dozen tries, but I finally got it. I learned how to make a pizza with dough with no bubbles, you know, you want to make sure there's not a lot of bubbles. Uh, and then every once in a while, we would accidentally make a wrong pizza, so we'd have pizza at the end of the night. I was very popular in my dorm. <clears throat> I worked with a guy named Carlos, and uh, Carlos uh, was a gangbanger, and Carlos was, lived a hard life, and uh, he was about the same age. He might have been one or two years younger than me. I was 20 at the time. He might have been 18 or 19. And uh, I had a really good mentor in my dorm named Ruben, and Ruben said, you might be working at that house just to lead Carlos to Christ. So what would it look like for you to be amazingly sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you're working with Carlos? And I took that as a challenge, and I took that as a uh, as a motivation, and every opportunity that's, that Carlos would give me, I would do my very best to point him to Jesus. It didn't mean every conversation was filled with Jesus' name, but every time a conversation could get pointed in that way, man, I did my very best. And I was 20, and I was proudful, and I had a big ego, and I was full of myself, and I remember six months into the year, there was no movement whatsoever with Carlos, and I just thought, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Carlos had a friend named Luis, and I didn't know that they were friends. I knew Luis, but I didn't know that they were friends, different Luis, Luis. Um, and Carlos and Luis were friends, and Luis actually took time to spend with him and became his friend. And one of the uh, Easter's, I think it was Easter of 2001, Luis invited Carlos to church, and I didn't know he had done that. Come to find out, Carlos came to church, heard the gospel clearly for maybe the first time in his life, came to Christ, was baptized. I remember going to work that next week, not knowing any of that happened. And Carlos looked different. This guy who had lived this really hard life, who was a gangbanger, who had tattoos everywhere, who, who was very hard and severe, all of a sudden, his countenance changed. I remember going to work with him, and, and we were about an hour into our, our shift, and, and we were busy doing stuff, and we finally had a break. I said, Carlos, what is up? And with no hesitation, as if it was the most natural thing in the world, he said, Daniel, I met Jesus, and he changed my life. Like, God will give you that boldness. I was too young and too prideful and too stupid to just introduce him to Jesus. And I was trying to figure out all these other ways. And here's Luis who said, will you be my friend? And they spent time together and earned the trust in order to introduce him to Jesus. What would it look like in your life if you just said, make me bold, Lord? Make me bold. I would say this, boldness is going to introduce you to spiritual opposition. Boldness will often release God's miracles. Thirdly, this morning, boldness always requires faith. Look at verse 20 of Acts chapter 5. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. 
Verse 21, so at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. As they were told, immediately. In other words, go keep doing the very same thing that got you arrested twice. Go keep doing that very same thing that got you persecuted, that, is, uh, that they're going to penalize you, that you're under the threat of death for. Go keep doing that very same thing. And so as they were told, immediately they went. I don't know if we completely understand what God might set in motion because of a single act of boldness. When you step in, when you're generous, when you're caring, when you're loving, when you step out of your comfort zone, I'm not quite sure we understand what all God might set in motion. Ephesians 3 says it this way, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Boy, this prayer, make me bold, it's going gonna, it's gonna to introduce you to spiritual opposition. It's, it's going to put you in a place where you're uncomfortable, where you may not understand everything that's happening in your life. It's going to put you in a position where you see God's miracle, but it will always put you in a position to activate your faith. It will always require faith. I love the story of Peter John after, after the book of Acts. Peter and John married their high school sweethearts. They went into business together. They found a beautiful place in the country and they bought it. They had wonderful grandchildren and children. They grew up and loved distance learning with their grandchildren. They retired early. They spent their waning years golfing and enjoying themselves. That's the story I want, right? What really happened to Peter and John? John was arrested again. As a matter of punishment, he was dipped in boiling oil designed to kill him. Inexplicably, he survived. He was then exiled to the Isle of Patmos and he lived the rest of his life alone. Peter was arrested several times. He was martyred in Rome and they went to cruci- when they went to crucify him, uh, he requested to be crucified upside down because he was not worthy to be crucified in the same manner in which Jesus was. This was their reward for bold obedience. And you say, Daniel, why, why would you share the end of their stories with us? Because I think part of this prayer of make me bold is the opportunity to say, Lord, it's not about me. And for a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put my faith and trust in your story and not mine. I'm going to put my faith and trust in what you will orchestrate and not me. Why would they pray a prayer like this? Why would we pray a prayer like this? Because when Peter and John met Jesus, they lived a purposeless life. They had uh, they, they were headed nowhere, nowhere, and when they decided to follow Jesus, he turned their world upside down. 
And if you had been forgiven like they had been forgiven, you'll want to be bold. And if you've been forgiven and you've embraced that forgiveness, you'll want to be bold. You'll want others to understand the fullness of Jesus Christ in your life. 2 Corinthians says this, Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Because you'll want to experience the grace and you'll want others to experience the forgiveness that only comes from Jesus Christ. Following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And what my heart's prayer is for 2021 for our church this year is that we would not be a safe group of followers of Jesus Christ, but that we would wake up and say, Lord, today make me bold. Would you make an impact in our county? Would you make an impact in our family? Would you make an impact like nothing before? I don't want to live a safe life anymore. I want to be bold. Make me bold. Proverbs 28 says it this way, the wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a what? As a lion. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the author uses an allegory for the triumph experienced in one's personal relationship with God. And in the book, the lion is Aslan, and he parallels Jesus Christ and in the book, there's a scene where one of the young children, Susan, is about to meet Aslan. I've shared this before, but Mr. Beaver explains who Aslan is, and he says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. And Susan says, oh, I thought he was a man. Is, is, is he quite safe? I, safe? I shall, I shall rather, rather feel very nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Church, following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Make me bold. What would it look like in your life to be bold this year? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our worship team's going to come forward and help us worship. Father, would you make us bold? God Almighty, we pray for a church of boldness, a church of bold, wholehearted believers of Jesus Christ. Because of the hope that is in us, we would live a bold, bold life. I'm going to ask you to stay seated and remain with your heads bowed for a moment. Between Sundays this upcoming week, will you pray this prayer with me? Put a reminder in your phone every day this week. Make me bold. Boy, earlier we asked how amazed are people with your boldness in Christ. And if you're at the lower end of the scale, I would ask you to consider, have you embraced what Jesus has done in your life? Have you embraced that you were dead in trespasses and sins until you met Jesus? Boy, if you've if you've never placed your trust in Christ, the Bible says the Lord hears the needy. In fact, Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples and to the crowds, he said, you know, it's not the healthy who needed a doctor, but the sick. And this is why Jesus came. Romans says it this way, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, 
because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemns sin in the flesh. For by grace are ye saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Boy, if you've never come to Christ, if you've never put your faith in Christ, I would urge you to do so. If you're watching online and you've never done so, I would urge you to do so. In a few moments, Pastor Darren's going to lead us in communion, and you'll be able to identify with Christ by taking communion with us then. And maybe today is the first time you receive communion as a follower of Jesus Christ. With our heads bowed just a moment longer, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, church family, Boy, let's make this prayer. Make us bold. It's going to mean you're going to face some spiritual opposition. You're going to be in some uncomfortable places where the Holy Spirit gives you the opportunity to speak up. You're going to be around someone who's going through a a brokenness in their life and you're going to be the person they trust and the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you and say, hey, pray with them right now. But there will be miracles. There will be people brought to Christ and you will have the opportunity to point them to him. And you never know what God might set in motion because of a single act of boldness. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would in your great mercy and your great love would you challenge us this morning? Holy Spirit, Would you send conviction to our hearts in this area? That our Christianity would not just be on the shelf on Sundays where we pick it up and take it with us. But that every single day that we would just live out this life of boldness. May this year be an opportunity for us to step into that boldness in a real and an unusual way. Father, under the threat of death and persecution, Peter and John said, man, hear their threats, Lord, but give us great boldness. And immediately they obeyed. Immediately they went on preaching and teaching the gospel. Help us to live out that mandate in our own life. You are stronger. You're stronger than the fear that we have. You're stronger than the embarrassment we might feel about leaving a shelled life. So, Father, I pray that we would lean into your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.